Hi, and welcome back to Mingus on Tech. I'm Ken Mingus, executive editor at Computer World. I'm here with Android blogger extraordinaire, J.R. Raphael, Raphael, who's here from a, an undisclosed location in the Midwest to talk about Oreo. Stick around. We'll be back. Okay, so as I've said in the past, everybody knows I'm, I'm an Apple guy, but I am Android curious. You are. Oreo has been out now for about a month, right? Coming up on it, something like you that, know, yeah. Something like yeah. Late, late August. You've been, you've been working with it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to find out, basically, from you, the expert, uh, what I, and what anybody, actually, who's interested in Android would want to know about Oreo. So, you know, top-level view, some of the things that you may have found that... Uh, um, you know, users might might not know about. I think there's some security things you've written about that uh, um, you know are are upgrades or changes in Oreo. So if I'm an Android device user waiting patiently for Oreo, mm -hmm. first of all, let's just ask that question. <laughs> As how you long, will be waiting. How, very exactly. Patiently. Yeah. Well, that's okay. So how long is how long are a lot of people going to have to wait before they get Oreo? Probably quite a while. Uh, you know, if you have one of Google's own Pixel, Pixel rather, or Nexus phones, you pro you, you should have it now. Which if you is the whole point of day. having one of those, right? Right, exactly. And that's what I've always said, that if you do want that uh, kind of Apple-like instant update or near-instant update experience, you can have it on Android. You just have to pick a phone that provides that feature. And mm -hmm. in the Android ecosystem, those are Google's own phones. You get the updates. Maybe not immediately. Google tends to send them out in waves where, you know, a subset of users gets them every week just to make sure there are no problems. But you're going to get it within the first few weeks, first month. And if you really want it immediately, you can actually go in. You can and, go and manually grab it, right? Yeah, and there are a number of ways. There are some kind of more geeky, under-the-hood ways where you're going to be flashing stuff and using desktop software. But you can also just sign up for Google's beta program, uh, which will then, since the current beta release is the full release. There isn't really a beta release right now. It'll just push the, the final software. So if you have one of Google's phones, you can get it. For everyone else, I mean, it's, it's kind of a wait-and-see game, and most of the manufacturers are not very good about uh, making timely upgrades a priority, as we've written about many times over right. the years. So, uh, you know, at this point, most of them aren't even making, that, other than Google, none of them are making specific promises. So some are coming out and saying, yes, this phone, that phone, and that phone will get it. Some are being a little vague, you know, maybe sometime in 2018, sometime in late 2017. Wow. Okay. It's hard for me to imagine. It's hard to, yeah. Again, but again, coming from the Apple ecosystem, it, it really is hard for me to, because I, and I'm also an instant gratification kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm, I'm already really angry that I can't even order an iPhone X for like six <laughs> weeks. Right. Um, iOS 11 is, is, is out now or will be out today. So, you know, and, and it really does, Apple really does push it out quickly. So the idea of waiting, you know, for months... Oh yeah, um, yeah. Would would be problematic for me, but you know, to be honest with you, do most people with Android devices really care that much? I mean, geeky types, if you're into tech, you know, you want the latest and greatest. But you know, for most people who are on Android, there are they generally ready to wait? They don't mind. I think a lot of people, and I would say probably true for iOS too don't know and don't care and if anything feel inconvenienced by an update like oh i have to update my phone and, and Android like my is not, mom yeah right exactly. exactly if you think about just kind of the typical non-geeky non-tech interested person they or even you know my brother someone like that he doesn't care and if he gets it he says oh what do i have to do now and he knows he has to call me <laughs> it's and gonna ask be more of a problem than it is a good thing right what's different what do i need to do i mean nowadays most i uh, 
mobile tech, mobile software updates aren't transformative, but they're still, it's like, oh, what is this? What am I doing? I pushed this what button, happened what to happens? my icon? Something's different. Right, things it's, are different. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, by and large, most people within Android who care about having software first are the kind of people who know that if they want it, they can get a Google phone. That being said, I mean, there are a lot of people who, you know, read my columns who read the type of work we're doing and are very interested in Android, but for one reason or another, choose another device. And for them, it's just kind of that sort of constant struggle of, I love this, whatever it is, maybe the latest Galaxy Note or Galaxy S or, or yeah. whatever the case the might be. The hardware sells it and they're willing to wait. Right. But yeah, it's absolutely a trade-off. You're picking a f from a set of features. And if you get a Galaxy S8, one of those features is not uh, timely and ongoing updates. Uh, best case scenario, maybe after three or four months, some of those people will be seeing it. Every year, we hope this will be the year that <laughs> Samsung or whoever gets it we'll together. We'll finally but... get one out, get an update out quickly. Right, right. No. But I mean, we've been following this stuff long enough to know that the past doesn't necessarily predict the future, but most of the companies are pretty consistent with their general level of commitment. And Okay. If the last version of Android was any indication, then I would be surprised if we saw a heck of a lot before the start of the new year. What's what? What's the uh, if it, what's worst case scenario? Up to a year? Is it possible that? There oh, may be it's it's possible. Or even longer? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we were seeing headlines about some phones just starting to get nougat. Uh, not long before, I mean, around the same week, I think a couple weeks before uh, the new version came out. So okay. it's it's definitely possible. And, right. and even with that, we're talking about kind of the better phones. If you if you have a budget level phone, forget good it. Luck. Yeah, you, forget good about luck. Forget about it. Ever getting one? <laughs> right. well, you know, well, there's once in a while, but for the most part, good luck. Let me ask you know because I do again, I I, I do like Android. I do respect it as an operating system and an ecosystem. Plenty of friends, you know, have Android devices. Um, for someone like me who wanted an update right away, how is the the hardware from Google? You know, the the, the devices that that are going to get the instant updates or get them as quickly as possible. How does that hardware compare to some of the other phones from like the major manufacturers like Samsung or whoever? In terms of just processing power, what they can do, yeah. they're right up there with the screen best size, the usual things. Yeah, and cameras. and it's changed over the years. This was well, this past release, we're getting ready. You know, within a couple of weeks right. to get the new version of the Pixels, but this past release. Uh, in 2016 was the first time that Google made its own top-to-bottom phone. Instead, in the past, it had Nexus devices where it would partner with you know, LG or HTC, and they would basically take one of their existing phones, kind of modify it, tweak it a little. But so what we're looking at now is, is Google essentially manufacturing its own phone. And Google isn't personally building it, but you know, Apple doesn't personally build its phones right. either. It's the same kind of deal. They have a, a company that, that builds them for them. And yeah, at this point, they're you know definitely top of the line. Uh, they're coming out and... and, and Rumors suggest it'll be the same next year with the small size. What I have here is the uh, standard size Pixel, and then there's also the Pixel XL, which is you know. Is this of sort the of the size. equivalent of like the the six or seven and the six or seven plus on the? Yeah, Apple exactly, side? exactly. Small You've got sort larger. of the normal size, well, small compared to well, modern standards, right. and then yeah, the more the the phablet, if you will, size. Uh, the one thing you'll see from other companies is a little more diversity in hardware, maybe a little more kind of cutting edge design. Uh, you were seeing a lot of these edge to edge phones now. Yeah. Uh, these are not, they'll turn on the screen for a little perspective. So these are not that. Uh, now, again, this is a 2016 phone. The upcoming- Ooh, ancient. Yeah, so ancient, <laughs> just so outdated. The upcoming second gen pixels are expected to be a little more edge to edge, at least oddly in the uh, XL size. The smaller one, according to current rumors, is is going to be pretty similar to this and not have the bezel-less design. So, you know, it kind of comes down to what you want, what features you want. There are some phones uh, that have still, like, an SD card slot or that yeah. have maybe a camera you like better. I mean, the cameras on these are, are spectacular, but, you know, some people just think Samsung's cameras are in a league of their own. 
we're at the point where a really good camera and a really good camera, whether we're talking this phone and an iPhone, this phone and a Samsung phone. We're talking phone, a matter of teeny degrees. Right. You know, even, even comparing, <laughs> you know, um, Android device phones and, and cameras and the iPhone. I mean, I yeah. know that everybody likes to get caught up in that, and they all, not all, but the top-end models do an equivalent job, depending on what it is you want. I totally get that. Um, okay, anyway, so that's general. That's Android. That's the hardware. Let's talk a little bit about Oreo, um, which is rolling out now we'll roll out over the next year mm-hmm. um what if 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 i'm about to upgrade or i'm I, i'm waiting patiently for oreo what should i be waiting for what's what's the you know what am i going to get with oreo that i didn't have before well i think first and foremost you'll be surprised because you might look at it at, at first and say okay what's the deal what's different because really android just like ios has matured quite a bit and we're not looking at every OS update being just a completely transformative new experience. It visually looks pretty similar. You are not going to immediately see things that you don't recognize. Uh, that being said, when you dig around a little note to look for, there are a couple things uh, that are worthwhile. One I'll, I'll pull up here and show is yeah. a new picture-in-picture mode. And this has been something that you can do uh, through third-party apps for a while, but it's now natively built in. And so Google Maps is a good example. When you start a navigation, which I'll do, and then I'll turn the phone around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just started a Google Maps. Google Maps, rather, navigation, and I will hit my home key, and you can see it just shrinks down into a small window there. Yep. There we go. (laughs) Get it away from the Oreo box. Uh, So then you could go about doing whatever. I could open up, let's say, a Chrome window, and, you know, with the browser there, I can still continue to see my navigation, and if we were actually in a moving vehicle, which perhaps a future episode we should do in a moving vehicle. Android on the go. Yeah, exactly. You know, I want to just pause because I would really love to have Google Maps with Apple Apple CarPlay, okay? It's an either-or kind of thing, and this is one of those things where I love Apple and everything, but I, I really like Google Maps, and it's not available in my car, and I, you know, I deal with Apple Maps. I'm sorry, Tim, not a big Apple Maps fan, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, uh, is anybody to, a good a big Apple Maps fan? I mean, you're uh, a pretty big I'm, Apple fan. I'm I don't think anybody. In. Yeah, yeah no, no one, no one goes as far as to say Apple Maps is great. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't think so. And I, of course, they'll never allow Google Maps, you know, in CarPlay. But anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt the. No, uh, no, not at all. So, so picture in picture is that what it's called? Picture in picture mode. So it works okay. with a select number of apps, and that, of course, is the limitation. This is a pretty new OS release, and it's not going to work everywhere. You can do it with Google Maps, um, and then while you're looking at it, I'll show you, you can. You know, you could take that, move it around. So it really just floats on top. It just it's floats like a on top, top layer. Yeah. yeah, you can enlarge it. You can go back to full screen. And if it were a video, if we were doing it with a YouTube video, uh, you know, it would continue to play as mm-hmm. well. So you could be watching something while you're working on a document. Or uh, it also works with, uh, like, WhatsApp and Google Duo. If you were chatting with somebody, video chatting, you could continue to see their face while going to look at a web page or whatever the case might be. Now, the limitation is that something like Netflix, which has actually committed to supporting it, doesn't yep. yet. So if you do it with Netflix, it's just not going to work. And you don't really know what's going to work until you try it. There's no big cue. You just sort of hit the home Give button it a and try. it works, it works or doesn't it works. work. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Okay. So there will be more on the way. But for now, you're limited to I can see how that would be small. really useful for some multitasking, though. I mean, not just watching videos, but if you've got different you know, images or things that you're working with or two different you know, apps at the same time, it could be useful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Android does actually have a native split-screen feature, too, uh, like I think the iPad does, but the iPhone yeah. doesn't. Right. Uh, and so you can do that, too. Honestly, I never use the split-screen feature. It's, it's great in theory, but just on a phone? Nah, I, I, could, I don't I, know. I, I wouldn't use it on a phone. I do use it on the iPad. Right. Um, it makes a lot of sense on a yeah, tablet. Yeah. Um, 
But with that being said, just since in the you know several weeks that I've been using the, the full release of Oreo and apps have started to update to offer this, this is something I'm actually using. So I think a lot of people on a phone will find this more useful yep. than the split screen, which just doesn't really fit into a typical phone workflow as much. It's nice to know you have it, and it's cool in theory, and I'm sure there are people who do use it. For me, it's just always kind of been... Yeah. I, I never think to use it, yep. and if I do, you know, it was on a screen this size to split in half. It just, it's there. It's nice. Some people use it. Maybe on a bigger screen phone, it would make sense more. But uh, this is a good kind of in between way of having lower priority content that you can glance at and see without it having to be without it taking over the entire screen or having to flip screen. back and forth. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. So picture in picture. Good. Yeah. Right. I, I think the other big sort of headline feature for me, at least, which I don't, it's not really being marketed as one, but for me is notification snoozing. Cause this is something I've, I've been wanting for a long time and I was really excited to have. I use inbox, Google's inbox app for my email. And one of its core features is that you snooze email. So instead of keeping everything in your inbox and having it there and taking up space, if I say, I'm not going to deal with this now, I can't answer, but okay, later today I'll try it. And you swipe it to the side or on a you know desktop, you click it, and you can have it come back as if it were new at whatever time, 3 p.m. Can you designate the, 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 the time, you know, how long it, it snoozed? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you could say snooze for an hour, snooze for three hours, yeah. snooze till July 18th. You know, you could do anything. You could snooze for three years in advance. On Inbox, you can actually even snooze for a location. So I could say, remind me when I get to the airport to call Ken or mm -hmm. whatever the case might be. Uh, so it's that same basic concept now that uh, they're bringing to the operating system level. So if I get a notification, let's say I get a text message mm -hmm. uh, from you reminding yeah. me, hey, we have file a taping coming up yeah. or your blog is due or whatever. Right, yeah. exactly. And I'm in the middle of something else and I'm, uh, I'm not going to deal with this. If I just let it sit there, you know. <laughs> oh, well, I see where I stand. All right, good. Well, especially yeah, no, if it's I from you, you. I just, I've got to snooze Exactly. It. I don't want to deal with you right Zap. away. You know, yep, low priority. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but, you know, you leave it sitting there, you're going to forget about it. Maybe you'll restart your phone at some point. Maybe you'll accidentally swipe it away. If you snooze it, it comes back, it catches your attention, you yeah. see it as new. And so that's what you can do now. You just swipe the, a notification off to the side. You hit a little uh, clock icon that comes up. It's a little more limited than what Inbox can do. You can't say snooze for 24 hours. It's got a few choices. You can do it for like an hour, two hours, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. You can't do by location yet, which is something that I, I think would be great and hopefully, presumably, Google will add eventually. But it's still a really cool productivity thing where we all get so many notifications and most of them you yeah. don't deal with all the time. I was just going to say, you know, given the overload of information and, and as you say, text messages, emails, um, you know, anything that's coming in, the ability to kind of just slide that out of the way, it doesn't go away. You haven't dismissed it completely. It's going to come back and you can designate how long it's going to be before it comes back would be really useful in terms of managing just your, your time, you know? Right. Absolutely. I mean, it could even be that you would set yourself a reminder uh, to do something, and you set it for 3 p.m. 3 p.m. rolls around, you're still cranking away on a document, doing something at work, really busy. You say, there's no way I'm going to get to this. But if you leave it there, you're going to forget. So if you snooze it, have it come back in an hour, you get another reminder, you know, and it, it could work for anything. It could be something as simple as if I get a notification that, uh, for instance, my wife and I use Google Photos, and, and when she uploads new, her phone uploads new pictures, my phone notifies me yep. when, it, when they include certain faces, like our kids' faces. So sometimes I see that. I'm in the middle of work, and I don't think to look at it. By the end of the day, I may have inadvertently dismissed it, open photos, which causes it to go away. If I snooze it, till you know two hours later at the end of the day i'm going to remember to go back and look so it's to, to me that's one of the maybe smaller but to me much more significant features yeah i don't think features there. necessarily have to be big and grandiose to be really useful you know yeah i mean no, the, I agree. the whole idea that something's got to be a wow factor and I, I you know the point you made earlier is that both of these operating systems are mature enough 
that it and sometimes it feels like we're sort of just working at the margins. Mm-hmm. But it's those little things at the margin that really make the device much more useful. Oh yeah. You it's know? the little features that actually give you something that's gonna make your life easier as right. opposed to whatever makes a great commercial, which may or may not be something that you, you know, use yeah. every day. Yeah, snoo- yeah, it may not be a good commercial. No, right. and as we're explaining, I can see that would be pretty hard for for them to market as like a not that they really advertise Oreo, but if you look at, you know, their uh, this is the Google web page about Oreo. Yep. It's, it's not one of the high listed things, I don't think. But you can see it's not probably something that's going to jump out at you. If you start thinking about it, you say, yeah, that would actually be but pretty see, handy. that's what I like about having your opinion because you've used it. You, you use it constantly and you have an ability to, pre- to appreciate the little things that users will want to know about. So, okay, uh, any, any other things in Oreo that uh, we might want to call out? There's one more that I think is something a lot of people won't ever think to use, but... They if should. You, right. If, you, if you're the type of person who likes to tinker, and if you're listening or watching to the show, I'd say there's probably a decent chance you are, then it's something worth exploring at the very least. And it's notification-related as well. It's called notification channels. This is one, oddly, that Google is making a bigger deal about and talking about, and I think it's going to be lost on most yeah, well, okay. average what is, users. What is notification channel? So channels? We'll, we'll go back to Maps as an example. Uh, Maps, Google Maps, can send you a lot of different kinds of notifications. Right. And some of them are just annoying and irrelevant. You know, you might be at uh, a mall and then you look down and there's a notification at this mall, tap for information. And you may or may not want to get all those or you may not want them to, to ding you and notify you. But there may be other notifications that Maps sends that are actually useful. So I'll go ahead and pull this one up so we can talk about some specifics. When you, let me open the Maps app here. When you get a notification from an app, like here, we were doing our navigation, so I've just got the ongoing navigation notification. You can then press and hold it, and you will see that that is a one out of 34 notification categories from this app. So if I tap all categories, and you can also get to this in the system settings. This is just kind of a shortcut way to get to it. You can then see all of the different channels that are available. And these are all different kinds of notifications that Maps can send. Okay, so it's a way basically of sort of um, filtering out or filtering in notifications depending yeah. on the kind of notification. Like really granular control. Whereas before in Android, you could say, I don't want to be notified by apps or I want to be notified. I want apps to notify me in this way. Now I could go in and say, for instance, when it's telling me about travel times to somewhere that it knows I'm going, uh, I want to get that notification, but I don't want it to give any sound or visual interruption. Yep. I could say that, for instance, if uh, what's something new, if there's a trip coming up that Maps knows about and is giving me information, maybe I want that to interrupt me no matter what. Maybe I want that to override my phone's do not disturb settings. So you can go into every different kind of notification. And it you know, it, it carries over to other apps too. Now again, this is something that apps have to support. So right. it's not gonna work everywhere. But de- little by little, developers are getting on board. And as they do, it could be pretty powerful. It could work in a text messaging too. I could say the text messaging app I use has this built in where I could say when I get a text message from Ken, I want it to go away. Go away. Never <laughs> notify me. Don't even yes, show up on the please. screen. Yes, right. <laughs> but if I get a message from someone else, then I want it to, to ding, come in, interrupt. Yeah. You know, I could even say if my phone's on do not disturb mode, I still want it to come in if it's from, you know, this person or that person or, or what have you. It's, it's interesting because this goes back to the, you know, we were talking earlier about the customization and the ability to do so many more granular things. Uh, visually and uh, in terms of the, the operating system, et cetera, because Apple is such a closed lockdown system, mm-hmm. which you know makes it really useful in a lot of ways. You've got that simplicity. Everything works the same across all the devices and everything else. But you do lose that ability to customize. I would love to be able to do some of the things on the iPhone that you know is available on Android. Um, but anyway, 
you know, maybe someday, Tim. Yeah, but like you said, the flip side is then, just like we were talking about with the different phones, somebody who has a, a Galaxy S8, which is, you know, a newer phone than this one, has an older version of software. And not only that, but their version of Android is very different from the version of Android that Google puts out that's on this phone, because right. Samsung customizes then they themselves customize. They change the way it looks. You know, even something as simple as the settings menu is wildly different from one manufacturer to another, which makes it very difficult being somebody, you know, whether you're writing about it or just who does tech support for, for work or for your friends and family, to say, hey, right, go look at settings. because they may be on something wholly different than what you're used to using, and right. even a variation of something that's wholly different than what you're used to using, depending on who the carrier is or how it's been customized. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. So if I want to tell you how to find this cool feature that's in, you know, this settings menu on my phone, we're going to have to figure it out. You'll probably be able to find it, but there is also a chance that Samsung just decided not to include that <laughs> feature. Well, that's actually that's true because one of the reasons I have my mom on Apple devices is because when she calls me with some problem, which she does occasionally, um, you know, I know exactly what to tell her. Click right. here, click there, that menu, do this. You don't have done. to think about it. You just it's know. Just, yeah, yeah. Well, I sometimes I have to get in front of the computer to <laughs> make sure I'm duplicating what she's what she's seeing. But but yeah, I mean, it's the same. It's not like you know, or, or her iPad or whatever. Um, so fragmentation. It, it, it's real. I mean, it's in the Android world, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a problem to the extent that sometimes it's painted to be. You know, from a from a developer's perspective, it's it's not the end-all thing that, oh, gosh, how do I support this phone, that phone, that phone? There right. are tools that make it uh, reasonably possible to do, but it's always kind of a blessing and a curse sort of situation because diversity is great. You can pick the kind of phone you like. There are people who love what Samsung does with the software or what uh, HTC does with the software and Motorola, and there are the people who love Google's version of it. And, you know, the same goes with hardware. But the flip side of that is it's also – it makes makes matters difficult. The updates aren't consistent and uh, – you know, what, it's what's a little bit of a wild, wild west out there in, a little bit, in Android a little bit. land. And, uh, okay, good. All right, so so highlights would be the uh, picture-in-picture, picture, mm -hmm. notification snooze, notification channels. Um, it sounds like a lot of, it sounds like useful, useful tweaks. Yeah, a lot of useful yeah. tweaks. There are a lot of other little things. There's a new uh, native autofill functionality. So if you use, uh, say, LastPass or 1Password, one of those password filling apps, or even Google has its own smart lock yeah. password thing. Uh, there's always been a way to do that on your phone. So let's say I go into the Twitter app and I haven't signed in and I touch yeah. the username. There was kind of a hacky workaround that all these apps came up with to do it where you would kind of jump back and forth and sign in and it would give you the info and you do it. Now it just works very simply. So once you set LastPass or Google or whatever as your app form filling thing, your service, then when you come into a form, you just tap in and it just shows up. And so, it'll just pull from it yeah. automatically. Because working, you know, working natively always works better than yeah, and a clutch. Right. Yeah, the workarounds work because they have to, but now it works natively. There are things like that. Um, there are a lot of little visual changes. When you play uh, music or a podcast, the notifications now th are themed to kind of match that. Little things like that. Um, now, you know, that being said, a lot of these things are not going to be the same for everybody again. So, fragmentation. Uh, right. Uh, you know, on the Pixel phones, the notification and, and quick settings panel is now a lighter gray color. It used to be darker. But again, yet to be seen, there's a decent chance that will not be the case on right. you know, every it's other device. It's not going to look the same on everybody else's Android. Right, yeah. right. So we'll have to see how everybody implements it. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's also, let's see, I'm looking at my list here. There's yeah. some enterprise-specific stuff that's not the most exciting, but for people running an enterprise, it'll be relevant. There's enhanced support for separate work profiles, uh, new ways to assign and manage app management, uh, improved setup processes for new devices, enterprise-level controls for Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, new network activity logging options. Uh, for problem detection. So it's not the most 
it's not the, the sexy kind of features. But again, if you're working in an enterprise and you have Android devices deployed, And you do. I'm, all companies do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then that's going to be pretty relevant, especially for the people who are kind of on the back end and running that sort of stuff. Got it. All right. So... Uh, that's a quick overview of Oreo. Quick, you know, it's it's, it's not quick. It was a pretty good Oreo, a pr- pretty good look at Oreo. Um, coming to an Android device at some point in the next two years, um, <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jr. Thank you. Thanks for the update. Uh, for now, that's our uh, Oreo wrap. Cool.